magic makers. So May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and I really wanted to dive deeper into a few areas of mental health that I didn't know very much about to start with. I wanted to bring in some amazing experts who would be able to talk to you guys about subjects that I know need to be talked about. They need more light shed on them, but I wanted somebody who was trustworthy and had had some firsthand experience, talk to you about these various areas and arenas and issues around mental health. And because we're taking a little bit of a deeper dive, I want to be sensitive to anybody who may not have the emotional capacity to listen to certain subjects. So I want to let y'all know in case motherhood, postpartum depression, and anything dealing with that subject of becoming a mom, fertility, that sort of stuff. If you're in a place where you don't really feel like listening to a whole conversation about that, that is totally fine. Maybe sit this one out. But if you are wanting to know more about how motherhood and hormones affect our ability to be creative, affect our identity, the difference between roles that we take on versus our personal deep identity and who we are. This is an amazing conversation and I am so blessed to be able to share it with you. So my guest today is Amanda Nicholson and she reached out to me. She's a freelance copywriter, but she reached out to me after I put a question up on Instagram asking for people who had a specific area of mental health that they really felt passionate about and really wanted to talk about. And for Amanda, she has this amazing story that I know so many of you will relate to, which is she was in a job that she was really burnt out at and she became pregnant. And when she became pregnant, she had to reevaluate, okay, what is maternity leave going to look like? Am I going to have the capacity to go back to the job that I was in? And for Amanda, the conclusion that she came to was that she didn't want to go back to her job, which was a educator. She was a special ed educator and she was looking for ways to make an income and make ends meet so that she didn't have to depend entirely on her partner financially. And she found freelance copywriting. So While she is a copywriter, we're not actually talking about copywriting today. We're talking about her journey of how becoming pregnant, having the baby and being totally unprepared for what happened after the baby was born affected her mental health and her ability to go back to work and how she was able to figure out creatively a way that she could make an income in a way that not only was able to financially support her and her family, but now she feels more aligned than ever, more creative than ever, and more herself than ever at work. So we are going to talk about This is something that I don't know about. I am not a mom myself, but I have many friends who are mothers and it always really bothered me how little the general public knows about all of these nuanced, sometimes very painful, sometimes very confusing and scary 
things that happen to your body when you grow and expel a human life. We are going to take a little bit of a deep dive on something called pruning, also called mom brain. It's a way that your brain actually physically rewires in order to better take care of an infant and keep an infant alive. But we really, even though we talk about it for a while, we really only scratch the surface. There is a full article that's heavily researched from the New York Times in the show notes below. It's called This Is Your Brain on Motherhood. So if you're interested in learning more about pruning and mom brain and the science behind how your hormones affect your ability to focus, please check out that article. And just a personal note before we dive into this episode, you know, it's Mother's Day season, we'll call it. And I just want to personally be transparent and share. Sometimes talking about becoming a mom isn't always easy for me. And I can tend to sort of put on a happy face. It's a, it's something that I've always wanted for myself. And so if you are in a season like me of really wanting to become a mom and it not happening for you for whatever reason, I just want you to know that I see you and I'm with you. And what I have found to be helpful is actually surrounding myself with women who are experiencing and enjoying motherhood and sort of inviting that joy and that energy of joy into my life rather than putting up a wall against it and feeling comparisonitis. So that's what works for me. It might work for you. Take what you want from this conversation. I really, really love speaking with Amanda. She's such a warm, inviting, open person. I'm so thrilled that she reached out. So with that, please enjoy this episode of Find Your Magic on motherhood and roles versus our identities. Amanda, I'm so glad you joined me today on Find Your Magic. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me, Kelsey. I was so thrilled when you reached out, when I put out an APB on Instagram and I was <laughs> saying, y'all, I need to talk to some people about mental health stuff for mental health awareness month. May is mental health awareness month. And when you wrote me back to tell me about the stigma behind talking about mental health, but especially about postpartum depression, changes, hormonal issues. I was like, oh my gosh, this is something I have no personal experience in. And I would love to take a deeper dive. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself and tell people how you sort of came to this conversation today. Yeah. So I'm Amanda. My daughter is eight months old. So I had her back in August. She's almost nine months. And I was a special ed teacher here in Nashville. That's where I live. I had planned an extended maternity leave and had her. And after that, all these things, people tell you about delivery and prep you for delivery. And then they give you their unsolicited birth story. <laughs> and a lot of them are, her, are horror stories. And you're like, oh, okay, if you feel any better about, you know, about to have a baby. And <laughs> just talks about pregnancy and delivery and labor. And all those things are fine to talk about, but nobody tells you like the really gross stuff mm. and like the really real gritty stuff that happens after you. Yeah. <laughs> you 
and delivery. You know, you go through this entire span of about 10 months uh, pregnant, and then you only have labor and delivery for a very short few hours. I mean, I know some people, it can last like days, but in the grand scheme, it's <laughs> all those unsolicited short- stories coming back up for you, huh? <laughs> yeah. um, in the grand scheme, it's a super short amount of time. And recovery is even longer than labor and delivery. And nobody talks about recovery and everything that happens with your body after delivery. Mm, yes. <laughs> so, um, and I am speaking as someone who I didn't have, other than being anemic during pregnancy, zero complications. Yeah. So I know that I'm very fortunate for that. And also during delivery, I did not have any complications. The only Minor thing was I had meconium whenever my water broke, which just means my daughter like pooped inside of me before she came out. And so all they have to do is get NICU in to suction out their nose and mouth, make sure she didn't inhale and that she can breathe. And she was able to breathe and she's totally fine. So, you know, going through a very normal pregnancy and delivery, I'm super fortunate for. But but, uh, but let's hold one second because what you just said is like horrifying to me that you're just- your child pooped inside you and they had to vacuum her airways. So she didn't inhale her own poop as someone who's never, and you're like, it's normal. I just want to be like, I, okay. I just, I want to take a moment, especially for anybody who doesn't have kids yet. Um, I have had now a handful of friends have children. And like you said, nobody freaking like they almost tell me in hushed voices, like, yeah, I freaking tore. And then the stitches like got infected. And now I have like six months of recovery and I can't have sex or whatever it is. You never, ever hear that stuff. All we see is like the beautiful full hair and makeup delivery room photos with like a kitschy Instagram caption. And then the ones of us, those of us who don't have kids feel like, oh my God, like I'm not enough. I'm really missing out on this beautiful, joyful experience. Meanwhile, my friends are like, my baby pooped inside me. (laughs) (laughs) It is a beautiful, joyful experience, but I was not the full makeup kind of girl in the delivery room. (laughs) And that's great. And that's great. And I guess the point that I'm trying to make is, I think we should be telling those stories just as much as we're telling the beautiful birth stories. And you can have both. It can be both at the same time. Right. They're both very real, you know, real lived experiences. But yeah. And then back to your original question on how, I guess, getting into my recovery, um, I did have stitches. And so, you know, initially right after I had her like in the hospital and even my first few days at home it's like and I don't know how to describe it unless you just have experienced it but Mm -hmm. just a huge adrenaline rush I guess is the best way to put it like I felt superhuman for a little while like totally I had another one of my best friends said she felt like she was like she had gotten an EpiPen shot of adrenaline and it took her through like a week. And then she was like, and my baby was like perfect for two weeks. And she just sort of like laid there. And then like after two weeks, it was like, what alien replaced that perfect baby? (laughs) (laughs) What is this screaming ball of flesh? (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Why do I feel like shit all of a sudden? Yeah. Hey, magic makers. I could not be more thrilled that one of my favorite companies in the world has generously decided to sponsor this podcast. And that company is Kajabi. If you're an online course creator, or you've ever thought about creating an online course, chances are you've probably heard of them because they're the number one, most trusted knowledge commerce platform. But what I really would love to tell you guys is how much Kajabi really helped my entire business. Um, and I'm just a fan of them. So I'm so thrilled to be able to share more about all the different products that they have under the Kajabi umbrella. I personally got rid of like five or six other platforms that I was paying for because Kajabi actually replaced those platforms and enabled me to have everything in one seamless place. So I've got my online courses on Kajabi. I've got my templates. I've got my podcast hosted on Kajabi. I use them for all of my email marketing, basically Anything that I need for my business is completely taken care of on Kajabi. And right now they're offering a free 30 day trial, which is so great. It's more than enough time to really understand how the platform works, if it's right for you. And you can go to kelseyformost.com slash Kajabi to learn all about the platform. I've really laid it out in super simple terms for you guys. So you can learn all about why I am a fan for life of Kajabi. That's K-A-J-A-B-I. What I was getting to, like, as you just said, you know, that rush took me through a few days, but then I suddenly felt like I got hit by a train. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. like your whole body is sore, obviously, because you just used your entire body, whether you had a C-section or vaginal birth, like your entire body was working and now your entire body has to heal Yeah, and your entire body spent nine, 10 months stretching and moving your organs around. And now they all got to go back and, <laughs> and your hormones too. Yes. Um, and I do nurse, I'm still breastfeeding, but if you do breastfeed, like your estrogen drops to where, like, I read something in a study that found basically whenever you're breastfeeding, men have more estrogen than you do. Whoa. Wild. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you're going from, and especially I had a girl, so I had double the estrogen because she has her own estrogen. That's news to me. I didn't know that. Yeah. Plus mine's like, you know, on super high levels just from being pregnant. Mm -hmm. So going from all the extra to zero, you know, it just feels like, like you just start crying and you don't know why, like nothing's wrong. I, I think I was like sitting watching TV one day and my husband like asked me a question and we just started having a conversation and I just started crying and he's like, what's wrong? I was like, I don't know. (laughs) Dude. I think that that's such an important thing to, to bring up though. Like sometimes things happen in our bodies. It really is biology. There's nothing actually quote unquote wrong, but that doesn't, is there a word for this? Like devalue, like it doesn't, um, it doesn't take the validity of the experience away. Like you don't have to explain why you're crying. Sometimes the explanation is 
my body is on a roller coaster. My hormones yeah. are space fucking mountain. Like, that's, <laughs> yes, that's it. That's it. Yeah. You just got to hold on and wait for it to be over. Yeah, that's it. You literally just have to ride the roller coaster because it's one minute I'm crying because I don't know why. And the next minute I'm just pissed off about everything. And I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing happened. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, and I think that unless we're prepared to know this is going to happen to you, that would feel really scary. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and, and it's also those, those hormonal changes you can't control, obviously you just have to let them happen, but then it's also your body's changing every day right? and it's been changing every day. So now that it has to heal another thing, nobody talks about whenever you do get stitches is like your nerve endings have to come back together and oh, wow. happens, like shooting pain. So then I thought something's wrong and I'm like calling my doctor, like I'm going to come in. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's totally normal. Like that just means that you're healing, but nobody, but nobody told you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I didn't have a C-section, but I'm sure like, you know, if your whole abdomen is stitched, I'm sure you have some sort of similar feeling once Being, those start. Yeah. Huge major together. surgery. Yeah. If I yeah. may have a hippie woo woo moment. Yeah. Do it. Pushes imaginary glasses up nose. <laughs> it's the same with emotional healing right? Like there is so much pain in healing, whether it's physical or emotional there. I I think it's Glennon Doyle who says first the pain, then the waiting, then the rising dude. When I first heard that, I was like, yes, exactly that. Like just how, when a scab is itching, when it's healing, because it's like growing the new cells that it needs to mend your skin. It's the same with emotional trauma there's pain first and it takes somebody else being like, Oh no, no, that's normal. Like examining all your past shit is really painful, but you have to do that to get to the other side. Yeah. I feel like I, maybe it was my own therapist who told me one time, like you have to feel it to heal it. Love it. Love it. Look (laughs) at all these amazing platitudes. (laughs) You should start an Etsy shop, just crochet them on pillows. (laughs) <laughs> give them to people. Yeah. Like the, like the little embroidered room signs. Just yeah. Kind of way like, better than live, laugh, love, <laughs> feel it to heal it, go through it to grow through it. Yep. Uh-huh. All of those. Uh-huh. You have to have a breakdown before you have a breakthrough. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all I remember. <laughs> I love this. Okay. Coming back to yeah. your healing things are being normalized for you. And yet we haven't gotten to the work part yet. You were a special ed teacher. So tell me about how you moved through this postpartum chapter and got to my favorite thing, copywriting. Yes. So during maternity leave, like I mentioned, I planned to have an extended leave. And part of that was dependent on childcare. And um, I was like, oh yeah, I'll go back to teaching in January. Well, then the childcare we had been in communication with, like they said, we were good to go. They ended up like doubling the rates Mm. to where it would be like more than my monthly income. And I'm like, another thing nobody really warns you about uh, (sighs) that I've heard from many friends. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, I feel like I only got into the childcare conversation once I was pregnant, you know, yeah. but the wait list can be like six months to a year. Like yeah. it's they're insane. Um, so that kind of fell through and I extended my leave to a full year, but I was kind of Googling like side hustles for maternity leave and things like that. And I was like, I don't, you know, maybe there's something I could help someone with. Maybe there's something I could find just a couple hours. I wasn't really sure. I was just trying to figure out like, what can I do for a little bit extra? That way we're not just an entirely single income because Nashville's getting pretty expensive. And every freaking where it's everywhere. Um, Another podcast for another day. My God. (laughs) (laughs) But then I have, I have a few friends who do some freelancing and one of them mentioned they knew someone who did some writing and they got paid like X amount of money for like just a few um, Instagram captions per month. And she did all these other things too. And I was like, oh, really? And I was like, that sounds really cool. But she couldn't remember what it was called. And so then I kept, you know, just kind of seeing, hey, what's like, what's a good remote side hustle that I don't really need anything for, <laughs> you know, like, right. no, like cost sort of things. And um, I came across Filthy Rich Writer. Mm, yes. Yes. But I kept, see- I kept getting her ads. I- I'm assuming from my Google searches of like, remote side hustles or whatever Mm -hmm. and so I was looking into her stuff and then I found AWAI so American Writers and Artists Institute they do copywriting and so I found them and I was like oh this sounds kind of like what my friend was talking about and it sounds like I would really enjoy it this was probably like October November-ish and I mentioned it to my husband like hey this sounds really cool I think I might try to figure out how to start doing it. Then I just started networking and finding other copywriters on Instagram. And some of them were like, make, make a LinkedIn. And so I made one and I was like, I don't know who to, who to connect with. I've never been on LinkedIn. I was a teacher. I didn't need it. <laughs> you know, yeah. So they're like, Oh, you breathe. You're hired. Like, you don't need <laughs> <it."> <laughs> so, I love this story though, because it's like, you can start from absolutely knowing nothing about it. I think that's one of the amazing things. One of the most positive things about social media to me is having access, not just to information, but to real people with real experiences who can direct you towards what you're looking for. It's such a gift. And I think that a lot of people don't follow through in the research process. So I want to commend you for continuing to just be like, to ask the next right question, which is, does this sound like something I would be good at, enjoy doing that I can learn and invest a lot of money in like equipment or something that you can do from home while you're a new mom at the same time? Like that's a huge uh, consideration. Yeah. Yeah. I truly feel like I needed to like stumble on this because I was even discussing it recently. Like if I hadn't gotten pregnant and had my daughter, whenever I did, I wouldn't have taken maternity leave at the very beginning of the school year before the students even got there. Mm -hmm. Probably wouldn't have had a friend come over to bring us food and be like, Hey, I've you know, I know somebody who does this and maybe you could look into it. You can do it from home. And I just feel like 
I needed like all these things really leading up to this because fast forward, I think it was December, like very beginning of December, I got my first client and then had like two more calls scheduled for January. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is happening immediately. And I don't even, ha- you know, <laughs> like nothing's yeah. done. I haven't done anything. So it like very quickly started picking up and I was just realizing, you know what? I have so much less stress and I felt myself becoming creative again, which I feel like, you know, I, I loved my students and I love being a teacher, but that is a 24 seven. I personally am not somebody who could leave it there. And so I was working all the time. I was bringing work home all the time. If I wasn't working at work, staying late, getting there early or bringing it home, I was thinking about what I needed to do. Or I was thinking about why I was worried for one of my students because their home wasn't safe or something like that. So it is just something that's so emotional and takes so much physical, mental, and emotional energy out of you that I just, the more I started realizing like that job entirely consumed me. And I love that word. I I really want to highlight that it consumed you. I, I sometimes um, think of our emotions, our energy, our creativity as a tank, right? This is a common metaphor. Like if you're running on fumes or your tank is empty and it's like, what are the things that are consuming that energy? And I heard a, it's a term that I've heard that is used in real life called vampire energy. Have you heard this? Yes. Yes. So appliances are plugged in, even if they're not in use, they are still sucking energy from the grid. And that's called vampire energy. It's like unseen and sort of ominous, right? They're like secretly stealing your energy. So they're like a way to keep your bills down is unplug your stuff when you're not using it. And that made me think about kind of what you're describing, having a job or being in a relationship or dealing with an emotional issue or a trauma that those things can have vampire energy, even when you're not actively addressing them, or you're not actually sitting at your desk at work, it can still be draining you in the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you dream about people coming to your website and telling you, I cannot wait to work with you. I've been looking for this forever. I feel like I already know you. Can I please pay you to help me? Or maybe you just want to feel more confident when you sit down to write something for your business, knowing your words aren't just evaporating into the ether of the internet, but instead are connecting with your ideal customers. Look, after years as a freelance copywriter, I can very confidently tell you that no matter what business you're in, great copy turns words on the page into dollars in the bank, just like magic, which is why I want to make sure you know that my signature course copy class is currently open for enrollment. Now, here's the thing. You can hire a professional copywriter 
but honestly, that could cost you thousands and it just doesn't make sense to hire someone every freaking time you need to write something for your business, which is why I specifically designed copy class for non-writers, entrepreneurs who want to learn to write their own high converting copy without breaking the bank or spending hours staring at the blinking cursor of death. Copy class covers everything you need to know from the psychology behind why certain writing works to honing in on your actual ideal customer, AKA people who are truly going to give you their monies to how to write a website that converts start to finish. And finally, how to send emails that convert and sell. So if you want to learn more about copy class, see what's inside and hear from past students, head to kelseyforemost.com slash copy class. That's kelseyforemost.com slash C-O-P-Y-C-L-A-S-S. Yeah. And, and honestly, I just realized how much I had been drinking before I got pregnant. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, that's a big realization. Yeah. Like not, um, not feeling like, oh, I, I need to go home and have this, but making the habit of like, I'm so exhausted. I'm going to go home and pour some wine. And yeah. while I plan my lessons, while I print stuff, while I laminate or while I finish some paperwork and that just became such an easy habit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because I was so drained, I'm like, I'm just going to sit and relax while I do this. Of course. Yeah. But, but yeah, those, those energy vampires, like you said, it, definitely was that. And so I just felt like very quickly, I was like, oh, this is so fun. I love this. I really started feeling like I was more myself, which Mm. I feel like postpartum too is a huge thing because you, your entire identity changes, you know, you suddenly become mom. Now you have to figure that out. And so your life before you have the baby is totally gone. And that's not, I don't say that negatively. I just mean, it's a huge life transition. You're now caring for an entire person that you grew and birthed. And now you have to figure that out. And you have to figure out what do we do on even a minute by minute basis sometimes, or, you know, what happens whenever you're so tired but she's screaming and you don't know what's wrong. <laughs> you know, I think God, you know, this really makes me think I'm such a word nerd and sounds like you are too. What yeah. you're saying makes me think about the difference between role and identity because mm-hmm. they're different, right? Mom yeah. role is different mm-hmm. than Amanda identity, who you are. Versus like what you do on a daily basis to ensure this infant survives. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a better way to put it because also within that, and I guess entering my role into mom helped me realize my previous job did become my identity because Mm -hmm. that's all I did. Yeah. And so now I'm like, okay, I feel like I have more time to, even though I'm stressed out, I'm emotional, I'm tired, I'm physically healing you know, my body's changing every day because like, you know, your breast milk comes in. And at first I swear for the first seven weeks, it's like, also nobody tells you like your boobs just like poor, at least mine did. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, I was changing like, my shirts, like all day long. Didn't matter if I had breast pads in like, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? And so it's just like all these extra things you're trying to figure out. 
yeah, like I said, it helped me realize that job did become my identity. And so then I had to kind of be like, who am I while I'm not working? And who am I as a mom? Mm. And that was a huge transition for me and not really a negative thing. It was just so much change at once. And normally I welcome change, but you know, whenever you're so tired and you're so hormonal and emotional, it can be really overwhelming. And so even though I was luckily, thankfully, I never was diagnosed with postpartum depression, but you know, I can just even reflect and see, I had such a hard time managing like simple thoughts or day-to-day tasks that, you know, with hormonal changes that you have zero control over, it's just so easy to fall into that. And we do need to be talking about it more and encouraging postpartum moms to, to do what they need to do to make sure that they're their best selves for their baby, for themselves and everyone else. Yes. And oh my gosh, this country is not set up to, for that to happen. Like, again, I'm speaking not from personal experience. So take everything I'm saying with a grain of salt, everyone (laughs) listening, but from what I've seen, even my friends who work for very, shall we say woke companies who have like, quote unquote, longer than normal maternity leaves, you need more than eight weeks to recalibrate your entire life and figure out how to keep an infant alive. This is not, and that is like the exception, right? We are not set. This is something that like, we need to be talking about more as a collective because it's just so infuriating and mystifying to me how we expect women to have pre-baby brain capacity, problem solving, um, yes. as post-baby, like it's your brain is literally different. You cannot yes, go back to the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Scientifically, it is different. Um, and that's yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because that's something else I was going to mention too. Like I because I felt that. I like mm. I told my husband one day I was like I feel dumb. Like I can't remember anything. Oh. <laughs> You know, and I was, I, you know, everybody talks about mom brain or whatever, and that's what they call it. But it turns out is a scientifically legitimate thing called pruning. And basically within like the first roughly two years postpartum, your brain is so attuned to your baby that it sort of deletes other things. So it just like deletes those synapses it's not using. And it's like, do I hear my baby? What does my baby need? Wow. Then after about the two year mark, it's supposedly expands. So we'll see. (laughs) You're like, I'm so excited. (laughs) Talk to me in 13 months. (laughs) That's so funny. Um, That's fascinating. Yeah. I am very much someone who is always on top of everything. Like I would always make notes and write things down, but I usually went off a mental checklist and didn't need any other reminders. So that changed too, for me was like, why can't I remember anything? I would start a task and leave it and totally forget about it until hours later when I saw it. And you know, all these things that were unlike me, I was getting frustrated with myself. Um, because you know, everybody jokes mom brain, but nobody talks about, no, this is a legitimate thing. Yeah. Like you're not broken. Right. I can imagine, I can't imagine how frustrating that would be like to be going through that and have it be like, oh yeah, haha, mom brain. And be like, 
yeah, but what do I do with that information? Right. Yeah. (laughs) I won't remember it apparently. (laughs) But yeah. And I swear I did not even feel like human for, I want to say around 12 weeks. Yeah. Um, But also, um, and this was another change that just kind of like happened with me just within that time. But I had a dog who was 14 years old Mm -hmm. and ended up, we found out, I think I was probably like six weeks postpartum and we found out she had cancer and that was like, sorry, like a month or two. So on top of that, I'm like just crying. Oh my God. That would destroy me. Yeah. Like, you know, fur parents, if you know, if anybody listening is a, is a fur parent, like they're part of the family. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was, it was like just her 14th birthday too. And we like had a little, I like made to, made a pancake for her. And, <laughs> you know, the news. and so I think I was, um, I was about 11 weeks postpartum and we just had to put her down because, you know, it's hard yeah. to watch them suffer and that was the best decision, but it's also like, that's a big change because yeah, mm-hmm. she's a dog, but she's been our family for four in 14 years. And you know, that's a big change for me. Huge change. I'm going through all these other changes. (laughs) Plus like your, your, your emotions are not your own. You're still on space mountain at this point. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. And so, yeah, feeling remotely human. I feel like the first time I felt truly rested was probably around 12 weeks and, and my daughter slept well. I want to say around like seven weeks, she started her six hour stretches. So it's not that I wasn't sleeping, you know, she, she definitely had her, had her nights where she would wake up a lot, but overall, and compared to other friends I know who have had babies, like she's been a way better sleeper, but you know, it's just your body's spending its energy healing. It's spending its energy riding the roller coaster of all your hormones and emotions and, you know, you're your body's doing a lot that you don't see and other people don't see. And even going back to like how weird, we are not set up to, to help moms to support. Yes. Yeah. No, we are not. I cannot imagine going back to work at six weeks postpartum or even eight weeks. Yeah. Like there's, I wouldn't be good at my job because I'd be so tired and like, you know, mom brain or pruning is real and it's happening and I would just be so emotional I'd probably be crying <laughs> I even yeah. like joking told my co-teachers because I, I still talk to them I was like you guys better be glad I didn't come back because I would be an emotional mess and you <laughs> <laughs> I think that raises a really interesting point how our physical health and our physical um like what's going on for us biologically whether it's hormonal changes or whether it is a, an ongoing issue that we're dealing with, like anxiety or depression or sleep stuff, like there's something going on physically for us absolutely affects us mentally and emotionally. And it's like this wheel, I picture it almost like a water wheel. And all of those things are like the water that keeps making it turn. And if we can slow the flow, then we can like make it work for us. But if it's just gushing and we're not dealing with it, then it's just going to be like crazy splashing everywhere, like a total mess. Yeah. 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 They all work together. The Mm -hmm. mental, the biological, the physical, the emotional. Yeah. 
So yeah, there's a lot of changes. And, and even now, any, t- any time I like find out anyone I know is pregnant, I'm like, listen, I will tell you my birth story if you want me to, but I'm going to tell you like, go buy a peri bottle, get two peri bottles. Like, <laughs> you know, I'll give you a brand of stool softeners. Like, let's, let's talk about that stuff and what you need to make sure you're good to go afterwards because that's yeah. what he talks about. And, um, yeah, it, it all connects and it all connects. And I want to get back to what you said just a little bit ago, which was that you started to feel creative again, and you started to feel yourself again, because, you know, this podcast, we're all about entrepreneurship and mental health. And I think that, um, especially for new moms, that is something that I hear a lot of new moms craving is feeling like myself again feeling like I have something to give, feeling creative. So talk mm-hmm. to me a little bit about how that sort of sparked in you when you eventually did find your way to copywriting. Yeah. So at first I was like, okay, you know, I get my first couple clients. I'm just trying to figure it out. After I complete my first few projects and I'm thinking of one in particular for a client who's just a really bubbly person and very fun. And so I started um, doing some emails for her and I was just like, this is so fun. And she's so just kind of like, I, I can't think of a, a better word than like bubbly or happy. Yeah. Just like just so excited about life. And so, um, I loved putting in like all the emojis and she loves pink. So I'd put like all these things together and it's a little bit different for me, but I love just, I guess, kind of like pretending I was her and yes, writing and good copywriters do. Yeah. Um, I love truly getting her voice and, and p- adding in all those fun things or even being like, oh, I had an idea on like how we could maybe we put a graphic here um, or do that. And, you know, just I was really getting into I was creating. I was just yeah. creating. And that's something I hadn't done in a long time, even before I was pregnant, just because of my job. And I was like, wow, like I I told my husband one day, I was like, I think I can. I was like, I think I, I really want to do this. And I, I'm going to make this work somehow. And I love that. Like, Good for you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. And, and I'm just so thankful he's supportive too. He was like, yeah, do it. <laughs> and, Good for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was like, yeah, we'll see. And, um, and because like I said, I was networking with so many other copywriters and I was like, you know, these people are, you know, not that, and I'm not talking like, oh yeah, everybody dreams of being like a six figure, whatever. Right. But I'm like, I, at first I was just like, I need to replace my previous income. Yes. You know? And so just talking to people who were making even just a little bit more than that goal, I was like, this is something I can really do. And I feel like I truly realized that I guess once you hit like the first thousand. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like a hit of dopamine. A hundred percent. I think that I love what you said here. Don't want to gloss over it, that it doesn't have to be like a giant six figure, super famous copywriter, entrepreneur person. Your goal can be small and it should be to start. And if you are looking for, like, I always give people the um, advice when they're starting out in their entrepreneur journey, whether it's copywriting or literally anything else, look for the people who are making it on like level one first, Mm -hmm. because that is so encouraging. 
look mm-hmm. at the people who are making $2,000 a month, yeah. like see them as that win. And then you can adjust your goals, but if you make it attainable for yourself, when you do hit that first grand or two grand, it is such a gratifying feeling yeah. instead of being like, oh no, I'm not to 10,000 a month. And then just quitting because you feel like, oh, I failed. It's not that at all. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not. And even just like, just the idea of getting paid for something that I enjoy. Yeah. What a concept. (laughs) Yeah. Something that really is creative. And I'm like this, you know, even though I'm like writing us in someone else's voice, like this is my creation, right? (laughs) Like I spent the time creating this and I get paid for it. That's right. (laughs) Wouldn't have existed before you put your fingers on the keyboard. Right. Exactly. And, um, so yeah, that just, you know, I feel like I find people or instances where I realize that making this career switch, um, because I, I did end up resigning from my position as a special ed teacher, um, that making this switch is what I'm supposed to be doing. And, you know, I have more energy. My mental health is better than it's been in a long time. And I will say, honestly, it was, it was like really good throughout my pregnancy. And like that year before, you know, whenever the world shut down and hit hit a big pause button, everything, I feel like, um, I was fortunate enough with everything that I have and the way my husband and I are set up that that wasn't a huge deal for us. We were able to kind of sit and chill. Um, (laughs) but it's just now I feel like I just have energy and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go do this thing and I'm going to work for a little while. Then I'm going to play with my daughter. Then I'm going to, you know, then she has nap time and having that flexibility and working on, I guess, my creative clock more than Mm. just like a, you come to work at this time and you leave at this time. Um, yeah. And that, that just offers a ton of more freedom. And I just feel like, you know, I, like I said, I just feel more myself and I'm just so thankful that I get to create every day and then I get paid for it. (laughs) I love that. May we all feel more ourselves when we show up at work. I love that so much, Amanda. Oh, that just makes, that just warms my little heart. (laughs) Amanda, where can people find you to support you and interact with you? Um, the best place would be my Instagram. My handle is a L N copywriter. That's perfect. And we'll put that in the show notes as well so that you guys can connect with Amanda, see some of her work, chat with her, get in the DMS, ask her your questions. And, um, you know, if you have more questions about copywriting, you can DM either one of us. I'm at Kelsey dot rights. That's K E L S E Y dot W R I T E S like writes with a pencil. Amanda, thank you so much. This was such an incredibly enlightening conversation about a topic that I really am so grateful to know more about. Um, and I know that a lot of my listeners are feeling super seen right now. My mommy listeners shout out to all y'all, um, all y'all look at that. My Southern coming out. (laughs) Yes. All y'all can do it. Even my North Carolina is showing. (laughs) Um, this is going to come out around mother's day. So I'm just super excited to be able to support the moms who listen to this podcast. Thank you. We love you. We see you. We support you. 
reach out to us. If there are more topics on motherhood that you want us to cover, gosh, what a good one. Thank you, Amanda, so much. Thank you so much for having me. All right, everybody get out there and find some magic. Hey, magic maker. If you made it to the end of this episode, it means you're truly committed to inviting more magic into your life. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and follow Find Your Magic on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to this stuff. Each review truly means so much to me. Thank you for being here. Now go out there and find your magic.